What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. So glad that you have joined us today. My name is Tracy. I'm Leslie. And uh, every week we have a theme on Say Yes to Spirit, and this week our theme is salvation. Salvation. Be saved. Am I the only one that thinks that? Probably not. Probably (laughs) not. And so um, in case this is your first time listening to Say Yes to Spirit, we're going to take a minute or two and just give you a little background about <laughs> how the show started and ah. what the show is all about. Walk so, down memory lane. A, just a very, very, very <laughs> short skip down memory lane. Because we know that every few weeks we have listeners who have only heard us once or twice and um, want to know what in the world is going on here. You know, there is a there is a real selfish kind of motive for me in terms of doing this radio show and and understanding that it's a reminder to me of what I seem to need reminding of, you know, what happens when I say yes to spirit. We were thinking about names for the show over two years ago, right? long time ago. Uh, We were thinking about different things and how to formulate what you and I kind of try to create in in our lives and, you know, ripple it out into the world. And that really comes down to that. What is it when I say yes to spirit and how is it different and how do I stay completely aware of that and how do I make that about everything, whether it be tying my shoes or saying a prayer of a person who's in crisis. You know, that each activity, each event, each motion of my day how do I stay very aware that that's where I want to be? Yeah, and um, actually it's been three years. Three years! Wow, we're, we've aged maybe well. It's, maybe it's time to stop this <laughs> insanity. We've aged well. Um, yeah, and we still need at least a weekly reminder oh, yeah. that um, the commitment is to say yes to spirit operating in my life, operating as me, and operating through me to touch the lives of others. Mm-hmm. And every week we just um, pick a theme to keep us or to give us some <laughs> illusion of focus. Then <laughs> if you've listened for a while, you know that sometimes the conversation seems to be nothing like the theme. Uh, but most of the time, that thing gives us a little focus and uh, gives us an opportunity to really ask that question. What does it mean to say yes to spirit in the context of whatever that is? Mm-hmm. Or, yes, how can I live my commitment to say yes to spirit? And having that conversation, I always hope that people listening then have the conversation with other people. I think the conversation is so important. And to have the openness to be able to talk to people of other faith beliefs, of other, you know, random people in my life that I don't normally have those deeper conversations with, what keeps us from having those conversations and saying, oh, I, you know, heard this idea or saw this on TV or something, and and to be able to take our lives to a deeper level with everyone in our life, to understand that there is something deeper to go, somewhere deeper to go, someplace, somewhere, place and where. Okay, so um, (laughs) that's way too much for me to ponder. A place and where the same thing. Yeah, I know. It's interesting, though. Uh, Yeah, that's why I'm here. Yes, that's why you're here. And so, in addition to a theme for the show, each time we come together, we also have a ritual called. Connect the Dots. My favorite. And our Connect the Dots ritual is all about connecting the dots between our most recent show 
and today's show. So um, our last show was about prayer, mm. and today's show is about salvation. And in spite mm. of the playful music, <laughs> which is the connect I love the, dot the connect theme, the dot music. Um, what do you have, Leslie, as the connect the dots? Concept between prayer and salvation. You know, that's just too easy. I don't even like it when it's too easy. I don't like it when it's too hard. I don't like it when it's too easy. I like my porridge just right. But it's just, that's completely too easy. Prayer would be the traditional way to salvation in traditional um, spiritual practices, faith practices. One has to pray to get to salvation, don't they? I think that's a rule, isn't it? Perhaps I'll learn more about that later on. But I do understand that prayer, um, for me, in my belief system, is the thing that, that opens me up to the salvation that already exists, heaven on earth. And um, so the prayer or the meditation or the remembering, seeing what's already there, which is salvation to me, heaven on earth. So it's a very easy connect the dots for me. How was that for you? I always need that sort of Tracy reaffirming. Reassurance. Tracy nodding her head yes or no. <laughs> I got a slight nod. I got a slight nod. Tracy says that's a great connect with that. <laughs> I feel so much better now. <clears throat> she just had to finish um, chewing there for a minute. <laughs> she had to chew. You know, you, when you do connect the dots, it gives me a, a, <laughs> a two-minute break. A moment. Yeah. So uh, I think that's a great connect the dots. And we'll take a break. And then we'll come back and talk about salvation. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie, and we are so glad you joined us. Today our theme is salvation, and the dictionary definition of salvation is, it's a noun, and number one, it's deliverance from sin and its consequences. Number two, salvation is the preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. So now, a noun means it's a what? I know an adjective is a is a is a movement word. A noun means it's a thing, like a a like noun. A, a it's noun a place or a thing. A place or a thing. So that makes it sound like it's a it's a it's more permanent. Like I'm either sat. There that, are lots of things that are not permanent. Really, there are nouns that aren't permanent. Nothing is permanent. <laughs> oh, I know. Everything <laughs> decays. <laughs> I know it. I would not have thought salvation. I don't know why I would have thought it was not a noun. But anyway, that just surprised me. Well, it would have to be a noun. It's not a description. I don't know. I guess I felt like it was an adjective or something. An adjective is a description. I know. Okay, let's all go back to English <laughs> class uh, I in fifth grade English, third grade English. I don't know. When do you learn nouns? Prob- yeah, I know. Wait, wait. Nine. And then I was going to say proverbs, right? <laughs> That's perfect. Nouns, adjectives, pronouns. I mean, what do you start learning that stuff in third grade? I guess. It was a long time ago. Learned it pretty well, but I really thought salvation was an adjective. I don't know why. It's more of a descriptive word to me than a noun. It's describing a place. I, I apparently I know that now, but I didn't know that just two minutes ago. See, already adjectives I, are like pretty smart. I, salvation seemed like a state of mind to me. It didn't seem like a noun. I'm a just, noun would be a state of mind. Would a noun be a state of mind? So 
perhaps it's my lack of public school education. No, perhaps it's age. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that too. Perhaps it's stubborn creativity that I can make anything what I want be what I want it to be, and nobody can challenge that. Oh, my goodness. All right, so deliverance. That's not quite where I thought we were going to start this conversation (laughs) on salvation. It's different from what I thought. Deliverance from sin. So that seems to imply that that there's sin already there. Well, all the dictionary does is describe the usage, how it's used in language, and that's the meaning that most people give to it. So, 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 in order to have salvation by that definition, there has to be sin to be salvationed from. That was good. That's good. That was good. I just made up that word. I'm okay with that. There okay. has to be sin to be delivered from. Would that be a better sentence? Saved from. Saved from. There you go. Um, deliverance from sin and the consequences of sin, and that I think is the definition that. You know, for for we live in a Judeo-Christian culture, and from the perspective of a Judeo-Christian culture, that would be the definition. But I think that's also why the second definition is preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss, because that has no religious connotation at all. If someone like when um, when the coal miners were Trapped beneath ground, right? You know, and people talked about well. Anytime you talk about saving people, yeah, saving people from harm or from ruin or from loss, ah. that it would not be inappropriate to say, you know, we are looking for them to be saved or their salvation from being buried under the ground. Um, and so the de- that's what the more generic definition is. Because the synonyms are rescue, saving, deliverance, redemption, and escape. So that first definition equates more to religious redemption. Mm, Right. But the word itself, if used outside of a religious setting, would just mean rescue or saving. Which still implies that there's something... I need rescued from. Yes. Yes. You definitely need rescue <laughs> from your own mind. Oh, now there you go. Okay. All right. So, but, from your brain, uh-huh. from your ego, from my easing God out ego. Yes. Yes. Um. All right. See, I guess I'm thinking. At the end of the day, there's nothing really to be saved from. It's my illusion. That so you're being saved from your illusion. Saved from my illusion. Ah, okay. Very good. Very good. It's the whatever process is used to move you back into alignment. In this case, alignment with God. And you know, and you're the one who says it all the time. What do I say? What do Something I say? Something like okay. being in your mind is a like a dangerous place. <laughs> what do you say? It's a really don't go there alone. Something or something like that. Yeah. Yes. yes. And so you need to be saved from that, and your process for saving yourself from that is yes. your spiritual practice. Oh, right. Thank you. I need to write that down so I don't forget that. <laughs> that might help me. You know, you know, that's such an interesting, it's such a, such a fine razor line in my mind that cause I always fall back to that we all can walk through walls if we just, we're fully awake to the truth of who we were, who we were, ooh, who we are, and uh, and this constant, you know, kind of reminding and remembering and reawakening and all of that, and the and the saving ourselves from our mind, because I just have such a feeling that it can go up on a shelf and be done. That that whole idea of needing to be resaved every thirty four seconds. But for the sake of this conversation, we would say that uh, that um, I would say that I I have a very kind of <clears throat> revival feeling when I hear the word salvation, and I do love a good revival. I just love the music. I love Leap of Faith is like one of my favorite movies. I just I get like 
adrenaline starts pumping when they're putting up the tent and you hear the singing and all of that. It's a very, um, uh, you know, it's it's sad because I really don't believe in the concept. <laughs> so I almost feel bad that I'm enjoying it so much because it's like I feel like I'm like, I don't know, something, doing something not quite Right, but, you know, because the concept of I, I need to be saved from sin just doesn't resonate from me, but the process by which people practice that idea, I just love. It's very exciting. It's very energizing to me. Have you ever been to a revival, Tracy? Oh, yeah, I've oh. been to a few. Oh. Well, I've been to several different kinds of revivals, so I've been to, like, kind of the the... Stereotypical put up the tent tent revival a couple of times. Yes. Um, yeah. So, um, but in, in a lot of um, churches that are in cities, yes, you know the revival theme. Mm-hmm. You know, without the tent, like it's not unusual for many black churches of many different faiths. Mm-hmm. Um, to have a revival week. Yes. To have revival. Yes. And Love it. so they're you know, they'll invite pastors from yes. from different churches or mm-hmm. different parts of the country and have a week that is really focused on the rev- and it's not so much the salvation theme, but the revival of your commitment mm. to mm-hmm. live you know, a God led life. And so um, I've been to, you know, revival services in that context more times than I can count Mm -hmm. in different faiths, you know, in the Methodist Church, in the Baptist Church, in the Church of God in Christ, in, you know, different faiths that have revival, you know, in their church. So it's not the outdoor, it's not the leap of faith image, but it's that week of focus real intentional focus on reviving your commitment to God. And you know you say that that's interesting. Um I can remember years ago I was a part of a church, it wasn't a Catholic church, but they kind of had Catholic kind of rituals. And during the Easter week they had services every night of the week and did different kind of rituals around leading up to the Easter service. And I went, and that was the first time that I had been to a church service for seven days in a row. I mean, I've, you know, do meditation in a church setting for two or three years, but I've never been to a church service where a bunch of people went and there was this kind of organized um, sermon, you know, an organized ritual each night. And I felt high that week. You know, it was such a powerful energizing experience and I can remember thinking why don't we do this every week (laughs) or we have to you know I don't know have jobs and lives and things like that but you know I mean it was really such a a deepening experience to have that ritual every night yeah and that um that that recommitment Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. reviving your commitment is really what that's about and and you know it it is re- it is really powerful, <clears throat> and the the fact that often during a revival week, what happens is more people do come forward as the week goes on to be saved, know, to be saved, or to profess their belief in Jesus Christ. Right. Then. You know, it's no really real surprise because if you think if you go for seven days in a row, if you go mm-hmm. from Sunday to Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, go to church on Sunday and then it's revival week, and often that'll start on Sunday night, or if it starts on Monday night and goes through Friday or Saturday, it's that wow for a couple of hours for my whole evening every night, night after night after night. It is kind of that it builds. It, it's the power of that yes. builds. Yes. And isn't that really what we're supposed to be doing all the time? 365 days a yes. year, every day, right. throughout the day, pray unceasingly, but definitely every day at some point having, I mean, that's what our spiritual practice does. It 
instills in us the habit of going ever more deeply, or if you can't go deeply, at least being in touch with (laughs) this all-powerful, all-knowing, always-present energy of love. That is within me, within you, within us all. And and it's almost like if I do that every day, or when I do that every day, because I, you know, that daily practice, it, and that week, and when I'm really diving deep into my daily practice, it's as if I have no choice but to be saved. You know, it, it it's not even like um, something that's that's um, within me changing. It's just it just is this overwhelming sense of Salvation, and I, you know, it's a deeper sense of seeing what is already there. Obviously, um, but it is it is an energetic thing, and it's funny being around people doing that same thing because I had a core group of friends that did it with me that that year, and that kind of deepened our friendship in a way that allowed us to have a um, a really strong connection for several years after that. I don't know where those women are now, but (laughs) it was a really good three years. (laughs) Well, and that is really interesting to me because, um, you know, we we have spiritual community, and and it is interesting how that plays in to my own sense of commitment. Um, well, for for 20 years, or more than 20 years, I had daily spiritual practice, and I had a very deep connection and a very deep relationship, one-on-one, uh, with God. And I really never felt a need to be in a community, to be a part of a community. Now, there were lots of churches I visited, and some of them I visited on a regular basis, Mm-hmm. And there might be particular Sundays that I would wake up and feel that yearning to be in worship with people. Right. But that was, you know, to be in the process, to go to a Sunday service and be with people mm-hmm. and have that experience, but not really become a part of a community where this is my tribe, you know. Right. <clears throat> and so... It is interesting to say you went to this revival, you know, with a group of people, Mm -hmm. and you do. You have that shared experience. And now that I am very deeply embedded in a spiritual community, um, it is interesting that I, I, well, it's funny. I don't feel like I need it, but I really value it. And I value that, you know, there are people who I'm on this journey with. Sometimes I'm witnessing being the witness to their journey, and sometimes they're being the witness to where I am on my journey, but there's this element of, you know, doing it together. I mean, last night I was at a, a party, and a party may be a too big word. It was a small group <laughs> gathering of people, but it was a celebration. I can have a party in my mind. You can have a party. Yeah. But it was a celebration of a, of a um, milestone for someone, and... Several of the people there were from my spiritual community. The tribe. And I I thought about, you know, how not only would we never have met each other probably, I mean, in in other ways, our lives don't intersect, but as I was driving home, I was thinking about the conversation Mm. and how often the conversation went back to this experience we share or this talk that we heard that, you know, several of us heard and the impact it had or how we're applying something from a class. And I thought, wow, it is that shared experience, not out of guilt and not out of, oh, somebody's going to know if I do something wrong, but somebody else understands what I understand. Right. There's a big, you know, and I'm thinking back to the, there were three women, three other women that went through that experience with me, and I know one of them no longer has a, an, a community, a faith community, and I have completely lost track with the other two. But, you know, it's an interesting phenomenon when we share those experiences, even just talking about it, I can, you know, go back to that energy 
feeling, and then to see how am I doing that today? What am I doing in my day-to-day experience now to create that with other people? I have a sangha group, a prayer group that we meet once a month, and it's the funniest thing. And I, I, I find myself each like day before and day of going, oh, I don't want to go. Oh, can't make myself go. Oh, I just don't even understand why we do this anymore. And then when I get there, it's such a deepening. I love it. I love these women. I can't, you know, how we should do this more often. We, you know, and it's just, it's so fascinating that kind of ebb and flow, and to be an observer to it, you know, I think is is kind of where I find myself to it. But it's really interesting the different times in my life, the different people I've connected to, but I've always I've always needed some sort of spiritual community. I miss that way, way too much if I don't have it. You're a lot more social than I am. I'm a big social girl. <laughs> I'm an extrovert. They call that extrovert. Yeah. So you mentioned salvation is all about... Um, Be saved. Uh, right, and, and saving people from sin. Oh, and you right, yes. and that which we probably—I don't think we've done a show on sin, and maybe we have should. we not. <laughs> probably not, since that's probably a sin. Since it's not, <laughs> we haven't done a show on this. Since it's not kind of in our language. Mm-hmm. But when you said that, it reminded me of um, um, an email that was going around on the internet a few months ago. And um, many of our listeners probably have heard it, but it's a recall notice. And it's the maker of all human beings, God, is recalling all units manufactured, regardless of make or year, due to a serious defect in the primary and central component of the heart. This defect has been identified as subsequential internal non-recognition, sin, Love it. More commonly known as sin, as it is primarily expressed. And so when you said the word sin, I thought, yeah, what was that phrase they used in that, uh, you know, in that email? And it was subsequential internal non-recognition. And so what does subsequential mean? I know the idea of it, but obviously I, but what's the subsequential actually mean? Over and over and over and over ah, again. Internal non-recognition. Internal non-recognition of, of who, who I am. Yes. Mm. And actually, in the there's there's I did some research on this when it when I first saw it because it really was it was just priceless and and made me you know laugh out loud and at the same time you know really consider. That sin is really what we tell ourselves and what we what we label as wrong and all of that. But I also did a little research and found that there was a more there was another version oh. that was this was kind of, the one I got was more like new thought adjusted and I think the original version was much more focused on some of the Christian language. So I found several versions. Really, I did. Oh, yeah, I've never seen it. And so one of them um, says defines sin. This defect has technically have been technically termed sorrow-inducing non-morality. Oh wow, sin. Mm. Sorrow-inducing non-morality. Um, and uh, there, like I said, there were three or four examples that I found. And so I that got me back then thinking about how in any way you describe sin, because there were, you know, some other acronyms mm-hmm. using S-I-N, but they were all going back to it's kind of like sorrow. It's like sorrow is internal. Sorrow is not a quality of God. Mm-hmm. It's a human quality. So we we have sorrow because... We have done something that we know or understand or believe to be immoral or non-moral, and in subsequent subsequential internal non-recognition or non-unification, it's the same thing. It's like over and over, I'm doing something that separates me from God, that 
has me believing I am separate from God because I actually can never be separated from God. But it's the human perspective of I'm doing things or I've done things that create that separation. So um, then the the recall notice goes on to give you symptoms and goes on to give you how you what the treatment procedure is and all of that, which is in the context of this conversation, it's like how do you get to salvation? How do you remedy or replace this? thing that we call sin. So the symptoms of sin include amnesia of your origin. You forget that you are you are God expressing or you are part of God. Loss of direction. Yeah, I got lost. I went and did something that I know wasn't right. Lack of peace and joy definitely needs no explanation. Depression or confusion. Fearfulness. And in the, you know, more Christian-based version, it includes things like uh, fearfulness, idolatry, rebellion, and I loved this one. Sometimes, in the symptoms, sometimes the units are just plain mean. <laughs> now, the menu. Go ahead. Well, so, so but this, so this kind of, because I get very, because when I'm reading the, the the metaphysical one, I think, well, that's very true. When I'm in a state of fear or in a state of depression or, you know, not in alignment, not understanding, remembering who I am, yes, then I am outside of God. And to see that as a sin is a new concept to me. Um because I'm, I had that old concept in it that I, you know, worked very hard to to get away from the idea that there's some original sin that I'm a sinner that you know all of that I just so don't believe, and so now to bring back that word into look at when I am in my human state, forgetting the truth of who I am, I'm actually in sin. That, that's a big, you know, that's a big dark word to me, and I'm like, ooh, I don't like thinking that, I don't like feeling that. But ultimately, that is the 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 biggest slap in the face I can give my own God expressing is to you know turn away from and not remember. So that is sin. That's a really kind of interesting aha. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't can, like it. Don't, right, I don't I like can, it. I can see the wheels turning. I don't like it. Okay. But, yeah, that's all it is. As we give words so much power. power oh, sin is a huge and power. emotion when really it's the point of it is the same, except that from a metaphysical perspective or and from a new thought perspective, it's not about punishment. It's about right. turn, if you've turned away, all you have to do is turn back. Make a different choice. Yeah, and, you know, turn and face the truth instead of having it behind you. So um, the manufacturer, God, who is neither liable nor at fault for this defect, is offering factory-authorized self-repair instructions free of charge. The number to call for repair is prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R, prayer. Oh, see, there's our little connect the dots. Oh, yeah, it is. I have to think about that. Connect the the dots, really? Um, And so from this point on, um, you know, the recall notices are very different because this one is very much personalized to uh, religious science and new thought. Um, But the points remain the same. So... The treatment, you know, once connected, when you've dialed in with prayer, the treatment um, is, in this case, five steps, which are our prayer treatment steps, our prayer treatment steps. In in a more in the uh, more Christianized version, um, there are there are steps that are prayer and that are remembering, and there's some scriptures referred to. Which one seems easier? I want to go with that. What do you mean? <laughs> Which one seems like less work? <laughs> um, 
None of them are worse. <laughs> They're just a choice. I just want to know which one's those are. That's the one I want. And no matter how big or small the sin defect is, it can be replaced with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness. So, um, so if I'm in those words, love or peace or feeling good or feeling gentle, then I would know that I'm in my natural state of being. I'm always fascinated by that um, simplicity of that statement. I can know how my spiritual program is going by simply closing my eyes and seeing what I'm feeling. And if I'm feeling any of those peaceful words, then I'm right where I need to be. If I'm feeling anxious or nervous or my mind's racing forward to the future, you know that I'm outside of that space of... um, perfect here and now, perfect flow. It's as simple as that, isn't it? So I guess I could use that as my indicator if I'm living in sin. Ooh, I just can't even say that sentence. <laughs> Which means there's a great opportunity there. <laughs> so in the for our listeners who um, are more from a traditional Christian perspective, I um, want to just give the other, the another side or another interpretation of it. So the um, manufacturers neither liable for this fault or defect is providing free factory authorized repair, and the repair technician Jesus. Oh, very nice. I like that. Has most generously <laughs> offered uh-huh. to bear the entire burden of ah. the staggering cost of these ah. repairs. There is no additional fee required. Wow. Wow. The number to call for prayer in all areas. Is or to call for repair is prayer. So that's the thing, P R A Y E R, right number digits. And then once connected, please upload your burden of sin through the repentance procedure. Oh. Next, download atonement from the repair technician Jesus into the heart component of the mm. human unit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, no matter how big or small the sin defect is, Jesus will replace it with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and uh, gentleness, and the additional one of self-control. So that was just taken off of the metaphysical one. That's interesting. And, you know, there is a, <clears throat> I use the metaphor with the women in the county jail where I do some work a lot about a bridge mm-hmm. and that, you know, when I'm in any of my dysfunctional places, whether it be spiritual, emotional, or physical, and I want to be functional or healthier or happier, I have for years just thought, well, I should just be able to go from here to there. If yes. I was just smart enough or if I just had the right answer, if just I went to the workshop, if I just... And I forget what I really believe now is that it's like a bridge. There's every... And I used to think, oh, it would be so nice if it worked this way. So there was just one bridge. But if I could just, I just had to go over one bridge, and then I'd be there, and I could just stay over there. But I've come to learn there's about 7,300 bridges so far. And at each bridge, there's different things on that help me get from where I am to where I want to be. And when you were reading that, I thought, what an amazing metaphor that Jesus is the bridge. You know, that there's yes. this entity of love and light and an absolute lover of me yeah. that is the bridge that I can be carried over. You know, I'm going to have to do my affirmations, my daily practice, but that 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 sense of having something to unburden myself to is very um, reassuring, very yeah. reassuring. And I, I, I mean, growing up, that's I thought of of Jesus more like that. That Jesus is the not the gatekeeper or the passer through, but like the bridge that I'm you know crossing with, you know, like holding my hand as I cross this bridge, um, you know. Until I was, I think until I was older, you know, older and began hearing more of the message of you know, um, and, and wondering in the language, you know, in Jesus' name. That it's like if I pray in, only in 
The prayer only works if I pray it in Jesus' name. That Jesus, I pray to Jesus, and Jesus passes the prayer on, um, and that created that sense of separation, right? Um, and process. But I, I agree. I love the idea of uh, or the concept of Jesus as the bridge. And in the in more Christian version, it also then says, "Please see the operating manual, the B I B L E." Basic instructions before leaving Earth. Oh, I love that. For further oh, details, I love on the that. These fixes. And the women in the jail. I'm gonna make act like I made that up. That's fantastic. Well, That's, I have heard that like a long I've time. I've never heard of that. As um, basic <coughs> instructions before, before leaving Earth. Earth, and it's nice. like it's so perfect to have that nice. have Bible as an acronym, yes. and to remember that that's you know their instructions, instructions. it's instructive, right, right. and if you are using these instructions right. in the Bible, then in the from the stories in the Bible, you are guaranteed to have you know a much more um, I was going to say productive, but that's not necessarily true. You, but a, a life that you love to live. Right. A, yeah. A deeper sense of light and love. That is fantastic. Um, and with both versions, there's a warning. Continue a to warning. Oper- oh yeah, because you know you have a recall, and then you have <laughs> the process that you do, and there's a warning. A warning. Continuing to operate the human being unit without correction. Oh, I got you. Voids. Any manufacturer of warranties. <laughs> I not I did not see that. Yeah, so um so this idea of salvation of you know, who is saving me and what am I being saved from? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, this recall notice reminds me at least that salvation is an act that I do for myself. That makes it sound like an adjective. Okay, I'm sorry. I just had to say that. <laughs> it sounds no, like that would be a verb. <laughs> a verb. Okay, something other than, <laughs> other than a noun is all I'm going for. Okay, go ahead. But, yes, so you would feel like it's something you do for yourself. It's something that I do for myself, that it's not something outside of me that is saving me. It's given to you. That, that salvation is given to you because of your actions. Right? Isn't that a traditional thought? That I'm saved from the outside in? No. Oh, it's not? Oh, gosh. I thought it was. That my actions, I'm saved, that God, somebody outside of me saves me. No? Well, I'm, uh, so let's go to the more traditional, the traditional Christian interpretation. I am saved because I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That what Jesus did did for me, but I have to. I still have to accept. You have that. to take the action of accepting. I have to I accept you. that okay. Jesus Christ has died for my sins, and so. And then you're saved. And then I am saved. So there, I guess, in one sense, that people can view that that, like in the recall notice. Jesus has taken some great action in giving of his own life that God has begotten, given his only begotten son. Right. So God has been generous. Jesus has died so that I can be saved. But Jesus doesn't save save me. me until or unless I accept that Jesus died for my sins to, you know, to relieve me of the burden of having sinned. So there's still, even in Christian context, there's still the requirement that I must take action Mm -hmm. to open myself up and to offer myself up in a way in my life that results in my salvation. So it's still my choice, and in 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 the idea that I have a choice, and that in the in the Christian faith, it seems as if you know that there's only one choice, and I've made it, and then I'm saved forever. 
And for me, unfortunately, I feel like I have to do it again day to day to day to day to day. Well, moment the, to moment the to moment Christian moment. perspective of I'm reborn because right. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and what that then requires me to do is to follow the Ten Commandments and to live my life in a way. That's a day-by-day-by-day by day by day act to live within the context of this. Can I be unsaved once I'm saved? Now, there's a question. Well, my my understanding <laughs> is that once you are saved, you are saved and you are living in that context. But people can say, I'm reborn, and they can go back and recommit because they feel they have slipped or they have been sinning or they have been living outside of the guidelines. So it's a, it's not it's it's I have been saved and all my sins are forgiven, but it's I'm reborn into a commitment to live a certain way. So if I sin so again, I have to. If I'm not, I think of the Catholic Church. So you go to confession right. because you know, Father, please forgive me for I have sinned. So you know, the, every week you go to confession. Or whenever you feel you need to, you go to confession, and it's a re-entry right. into that place of being saved. Forgive me, I have sinned. I'm back on track, and then I'm back next week. Forgive me, I did this. I have sinned, and I'm back on track. So every time that you're accepting that, whether it's you know whatever that faith is, it's a commitment. It's a forgiveness with a commitment to live within now these Mm -hmm. guidelines, you know, these guidelines that result in love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, et cetera. And when when we err from that, we can always come back. We can always, you know, I think the thing that God is always present and God is always love it's like, you know, God doesn't go anywhere. The love doesn't go anywhere. So knowing your wholeness doesn't go anywhere, but it's our individual behavior as a human being that walks away or turns its back on that. So when we turn and face the truth again and welcome the truth in, that is our moment of salvation. And that moment, for me, comes again and again and again, I guess. Yeah. And it's a permanent permanent state of being from the perspective of God. Right. God there's is. nothing that you need to be saved from. God, well, I am a, God, I am right, right here, and I, you are my beloved, and I have no judgment, you know, from that perspective of God. I have no judgment. I know you are having a human experience, and so there is nothing for me to forgive you of because I love you completely unconditionally and wholly as you are. So this whole idea of being saved is for us to help us keep... Ding, 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 ding. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> Perfect. And, you know, there, we have to have all sorts of um, little uh, kind of, you know, in, in in therapy, you know, we learn little kind of therapeutic things to help people kind of come up with their own kind of what they already know. And it's kind of interesting to see how we have to kind of be reminded through these little trains of things and and how ultimately, um, you know, the human experience is set up with all these little tiny opportunities to just be re-reminded, to be reawakened, to be... um, and, And isn't it a nice divine design of that? I... Um, read recently where they've discovered two new planets that seem to be inhabitable, a uh, human form, and they're outside of our solar system, But they, which boggles my mind. Um, but anyway, I, you know, I think about the divine design of the human experience or experiment, depending on which kind of mood I'm in, um, and the idea that it is perfectly designed to continuously give us opportunities. And the opportunities come softer and then they get louder and then there's all sorts of, but it's always designed to bring us back to the truth of who we are. And 
to really fully embrace that and know that and believe that as deeply as I do and to be able to go as far off away from that as I can, you know, we it, it, it's just a fascinating phenomenon. It's a fascinating phenomenon is all I'm saying. And the idea of sin, sadly, in my mind, has been something that's one of the things that I think was created by man to try to control man, to give man more power over man. I, I've never really seen sin as any kind of spiritual um, thing, you know, any kind of spiritual thing, but now I kind of see it as, you know, it's another opportunity to be reminded that I've turned away. Um, interesting. Fascinating phenomenon. <laughs> That should be a topic for phenomenon. For someone like me who loves alliteration, when you have a series of words that start with the same sound, fascinating phenomenon. That's so cute. And they're not spelled the same, are they? Look, I'm trying to replenish my uh, public education. Or, you know, replenish isn't even no, the right word. No, that's I said that they start <laughs> off, they sound the same versus they are spelled the same. <laughs> Or start with the same letter. <laughs> Alliteration is a is an audio um, descriptor. It sounds. They start off with the same sound. I like that. Yes. Sometimes the same letter. Often the same letter, but it's definitely the same sound. It's more fun when it's not the same letter. I think. Fascinating phenomenon <laughs> that it is. <laughs> so now sin is. Uh, would you would you use sin? Does every faith tradition have sin? Do Buddhists have sin? I look at you, my all-knowing wisdom, Tracy. Uh, yeah, that's Tracer, really scary. Tracy, the knower of all things, because um, as I understand uh, the state of um, you know being, the state of awareness that the Buddhist philosophy has, I, I don't, I can't come up with an idea of sin in that. So I'm wondering if it's, does Jewish faith have sin? Yes. They do? Okay. But Judaism is part of the Abrahamic tradition. Judaism, uh, Islam, and Christianity are all built on the same story. So the Islam Abraham has sin. Story. Um, but the, it's interesting. I mean, in Buddhism, there's sin. It's not called sin, and I'm, the word is is escaping me right now, but when in Buddhism, when you okay, all sin is is the contrast of what you say is good, right? That's all sin is that you're behaving in a way that is in contrast to the way you behave that says it's good. So in in Buddhism, where you have the um, the you know the Buddha, the Dharma, the the Sangha, you have these different concepts that define the three good ways, right. the three good paths. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot in Buddhism about what happens when you're not on those three paths. So if you were using the word sin, I see. It it's would the be that because right. it's just the contrast to what you know will lead you to Nirvana. A life that is worth living or a life right. that you love living. Um, and there is a quote that I found earlier that um, is about salvation, and and I think here's where the a, a difference is with Buddhism. Buddha, the Buddha said, "Work out your own salvation. Do not depend on others." And it's oh. you know that sense of it is my personal responsibility to walk the path that leads me to this to good the good life. I see. Right. And that, you know, Leslie can't do it for me. I can't look to Leslie for my salvation. Darn it. You know, I can't look, you know, to Jesus for my salvation. It truly is my path to walk. And I may accept the example of Jesus and the guidelines that I've learned from the life of Jesus. But I ultimately have to do the work. 
Right. You know, I ultimately have to choose to live by the Ten Commandments if if I'm Christian. I ultimately have to choose to what is my daily spiritual practice, and that is what then leads to my own quote unquote salvation. So you know, Buddha. That's what that's so what that's, the, that's salvation what Buddha connected to Buddha. Yeah. Okay. And um and so it is when I don't do that and I'm out of alignment with that that this idea of sin, mm-hmm. that's all that it's about. It's Isn't about, that funny? I've made it such a big, dark word. Well, yeah, and I, I, that's not really surprising <laughs> when you think about in, in, in our Western society in general, right. we're very fear-based. We're very punishment-based. Yes, so good heavens. And in the traditional sense, in Christianity, that's the focus too. You know, be be afraid, and you will be punished if you do the wrong thing. And sin is anything wrong you do is in this label under this label or in this box called sin. And so you need to be afraid of that because if you sin, you are going to hell. And right. So that you know that's a whole other show right. about hell and heaven and. You know what? What is that, and where is it, and how do you know if you're there, heaven right. or hell? And so, yeah, you know, we live in a society where that has been such a big conversation for centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's no surprise that the word sin is a charged word. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's uncharging now. It's it's going. Yeah, when we look at every, when we begin to to un, unpack, yes, unpack all the meaning we've put, and unpack the emotional meaning yes. that we've placed on a word from the literal, generic, entomological. Oh, that's a big word. Wow. Uh, uh, meaning, just like going back to the source of the word. What does that mean? It's like often all our 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 uh, trigger is from the emotional yes. meaning of it, but from a metaphysical point, sin is just the contrast, behaving in a way that is in contrast to what you believe, not what you, what everybody has to believe, but what you personally believe is your guide for walking in concert with God, for being in oneness with God, for living a life that demonstrates your commitment and belief in God. And see, that's what this show is all about, the idea of having a conversation to take it into some sort of different space. And I love what you said in terms of, you know, there's a trigger, there's emotional baggage, and and that's the first step to change in any kind of concept is being aware of what I'm bringing to the party. You know, and not just living what I'm bringing to the party, but actually kind of looking at it and dissecting it and not just accepting it as I've always thought it or always believed it, but drilling it down. And I may come out with the exact same set of thoughts or same set of ideas, or I may completely shift to be open to that, but be willing to have the conversation and to dive deeper. Love it. Love it for me. How could it be the end of our show already? Pretty, 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 pretty. Fantastically phenomenal, what was the word? <laughs> I forgot to. <laughs> it wasn't fabulous phenomenon. We're in trouble now. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to listen to the recording. <laughs> but we don't have time to figure it out right now. Know. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Say Yes to Spirit. We hope you'll join us again. And you can always listen to more than 150 (laughs) archived shows since we have been doing this uh, for more than three years now. And uh, find a topic that intrigues you, interests you, or inspires you. But until we meet again, say Say yes yes to to spirit. spirit.
Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.